that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with, is that really in the Bible? Did you know that Jesus Christ hates Halloween? Yeah, now you may not know that. You may be living a lie. You may be living a, a life of self-deception where we just go with the flow no matter what our culture is doing. We never make a stand. It's like that country western song, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. Most of you have fallen for everything that is out there. You couldn't make a stand if your life depended on it. And in a way, your life does depend on it. Because I'm telling you, Jesus Christ hates Halloween. You know, if an alien visited our nation, you know, they would say, well, you've, you've got this holiday where you hang out with evil, where you enjoy evil, where you embrace it, the powers of evil. And I thought... Now, maybe it was just me, maybe just someone taught me wrongly, but I thought we were supposed to tell our children, teach our children to avoid evil, to avoid the power of evil, not to hang out with evil. But we have this, this, this holiday where we celebrate it. And then the aliens would look at us and say, you know, that's very strange, all the paraphernalia of, of all the different things at Halloween that you see in the stores like Lowe's Building Supply, all the junk and the material possessions that they are selling to dress up your home and all that. And then they would say, and then just, a, just a month or so later, you've got this Christmas celebration where supposedly it's all about Jesus Christ. Why do you have the two extremes, you know? Even aliens would be scratching their head wondering, what kind of a nation is this? You know, take me to your leader. No, excuse me, wait a minute, that, that, would, that wouldn't solve any problem because, he, you know, the inability to communicate, no, don't take me to your leader would, would be a better thing. But anyway, but why the two extremes? Why the two extremes, the aliens would say? Now, at Halloween, about over, this Halloween, over $10 billion will be spent this Halloween. Of course, compared to Christmas, about $850 billion will be spent this Christmas. So it's quite a difference between the two. You know, Halloween hadn't gotten up there even close to Christmas yet, as far as the, the, the money that people spend. But here's what you got to understand. The only reason these holidays are so popular is because of the merchandising of these days. Now, hear what I say. If no one spent a dime at Halloween or Christmas, these days would not be celebrated at all. Let me repeat that. If no one spent a dime on these holidays, they would not be celebrated. The reason they are celebrated is because of the merchandising of the money that can be made off of these days. You see, these days really have no substance other than material, the, the spending of material, you know, buying material things and the money that people can spend. That's the substance of them, you see. Now, here, here's what I want you to hear. If there is no God, none of this matters. 
Do whatever you want to do if there is no God. It doesn't matter what you do or how you worship God or what you do. It just doesn't matter if there is no God. Of course, my question is, why are you living your life and celebrating holidays as if there is no God? Why are you doing that? You know, when I drive by a home with all the Halloween paraphernalia laid out there, I basically say to myself, this is an unbeliever. This, uh, this is a, now, I'm not saying this is a bad person. I'm not saying this person is evil. I just basically reckon that person in my mind that this is a person that doesn't take God seriously. Okay? Now, I want to tell you what Jesus Christ really hates. Here it is. Hold on to your seats. He really hates Halloween in church. Now, why would I say that? Why would I say that Christ Jesus really hates Halloween in church? Now, I, I made a comment like this one time, and this woman got mad at me, and she responded back. She said, you've never seen the excitement of a child's eyes as they carve out a pumpkin in church. And I'm thinking to myself, where's that in the Bible? Where, where do you get that in the Bible? Maybe it's in the Proverbs somewhere. Maybe I've overlooked it somewhere. That if you see the excitement of a child as you're carving a pumpkin in church, thou knoweth that it is the right thing to do. Maybe I missed that somewhere. I don't know. But anyway, in Deuteronomy 12 and verse 30, it says this. Take heed to thyself that you be not snared by following them. Now, who is them? Now, what's the pagan nations all around Israel back then? After that, they be destroyed from before thee. And that you inquire not after their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods? Even so will I do likewise. So don't ask, don't look around you and say, now how did these other nations serve their gods? Let's take something that is pagan to the core and let's Christianize it and let's put it into the worship of God. Let's take it and put it into the temple of God. God will accept it. God, God will be, I know God, he will be okay with it, whatever it may be. Let's, let's come up with our own creativity as to how we're going to worship God. Did you know that the Saturnalia is what actually became Christmas, the Saturnalia Festival? It was, a, it was a celebration of the winter solstice around December 21st, the shortest day of the year. And it was a celebration of just basically a drunken orgy of merrymaking, gift swapping, decorating. It had nothing to do with religion whatsoever. And the Catholic Church looked at this festival and said, you know, the pagans love this festival. So, I mean, it was popular. Okay, it was popular. And they said they'd love it so much if we could just Christianize it. And we could call it, let's, let's, say, let's say Jesus was born on, well, maybe not on the 21st, the, you know, on the Saturnalia, but let's say December 25th he was born. And we'll call it Christ Mass or Christmas. And we will say it's all about Jesus. And this is what we should, we should be doing. That's how, you know, now... In the states, uh, there were states that actually banned Christmas before, I say in the states, before, you know, America actually became America. The pilgrims would have nothing to do. The early pilgrims would have nothing to do with this celebration of Christmas. 
because they knew where it came from, you see. But it, what I'm saying is it took time to get there. It's just a little bit of acceptance and a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more become, until it becomes such a, a celebration of materialistic, you know, and, and we deceive ourselves in saying, well, it's, it's all about Jesus. Yeah, yeah, it's all about Jesus, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, Deuteronomy 12 and verse 31. Thou shalt not do so unto the Lord your God. For every abomination to the Lord which he hates have they done unto their gods. For even their sons and their daughters they have burnt in the fire to their gods. Now how could they have sacrificed their own children? And they were doing it for God. Now, it's true they were sacrificing their children, their own children to a pagan god, but here, here's the problem. When you incorporate pagan practices into the worship of God, you lose sight of the real God. Let me repeat that. When you incorporate pagan practices into the worship of God, you lose sight of the real God and what he expects of you. Paul addressed this issue that in, in the church of Corinth, the book of Corinthians, it was a, he had to correct them because of their sexual misconduct. They actually had temple prostitutes back then and that was a part of the worship of God. As you went up to the temple, they had the little buildings to the left and to the right where you can go pay money to have sex with a male or female prostitute and it was part of the worship of God. How do you get to that point? How it's a listen, it's a gradual process. It does not happen overnight. It is the toleration of a little bit at a time, a little bit that is the Christianizing of pagan practices into the church. It happens a little bit at a time. A while back, several years ago, there was a movie, Let's Take Christmas Back. Maybe you remember the title of that movie, and it was about that we need to put Christ all, you know, forget all this stuff, everything, you know, the Santa Claus and all that. We need to put Jesus back in his rightful place. We need to take Christmas back. I'm telling you, 20 years from now, you're going to see a movie entitled Let's Take Halloween Back. Because it's already happening in the churches. You know, 20 or 30 or 50 years ago, you, you, you didn't see Halloween in church. But it's happening today as more churches accept this and they Christianize it and they justify it and they make excuses as to why it should be there. 20, 25 years from now, you're going to see a movie entitled, Let's Take Halloween Back. You know, we need to put Jesus back into Halloween in his rightful place because it's all about Jesus. Yeah, I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Because, you know, it's just, okay, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 22. Abstain from all appearance of evil. What part of that don't Christians get? You, you, know, you ever wonder about that one? Abstain from all appearance of evil. Don't promote it on your doorstep. You know, don't, don't promote it, okay? I want to show you a picture here. I was visiting Lowe's and... This is some of the paraphernalia, Halloween paraphernalia that they had there. Now, this is a 20-foot-tall ghost. I've never seen a, such a thing as this. I mean, my question is, where do you store it once Halloween is over? 
I mean, maybe it breaks down. I don't know. But how do you store a 20-foot-tall ghost? I mean, maybe you lay it in the hallway and you just tell people, like, look, when you go to the bathroom, be careful about tripping over that 20-foot-tall ghost, you know, and breaking a leg or something like that. Because, I've been, I mean, you've got to build another house to store this clutter and junk. Where do people put all this junk at with their celebrations of all of these holidays? Jesus Christ hates Halloween in church. Now the question is, how did Halloween get into the church? Because like I said, if we were just to go back in time, really a short time ago, not that long ago, you know, you, wouldn't, you didn't see Halloween in church. It was unheard of. Well, the biggest answer to that question, the most correct answer to that question, how did Halloween get into the church, is basically the ministry of Cross Our Landscape doesn't have the gonads to stand up and resist it, you know? They, they just don't. They just, they, they just cater to what the people want, okay? And the idea was we need to have a safe place for the kids to trick-or-treat. Well, how unsafe was it, really? I mean, if you don't trust your own neighborhood any more than that, you need to move. I mean, how, how bad is your neighborhood if you don't trust them? To, 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 I mean, trick-or-treat them and getting some candy to rot their teeth out. You know, how, how, how bad is your neighborhood? All it really was was a desire to Christianize that which has been labeled as evil. We know it's evil, we know it's wrong, but we want to label it as Christian for conscience sake. You see, we can't have our kids out on the street because my next door neighbor may be a pervert. He may flash them as they come up and get their treat or whatever. And my, my advice is go move to a different neighborhood for pity's sake. We want to celebrate Halloween and we want to call ourselves Christian. So we've got to have this in the church also. So I can feel good about myself, you see. It was all done for conscience sake to feel good. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ hates Halloween in church. Let me tell you why he hates it. Because it's taking God's name in vain. Okay? Exodus 20 and verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. The Lord will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. Now, now here's what you got to understand. There's more to this verse than just using a curse word connected to God's name. That should be obvious that, that if, if someone just, now I'm not saying that's the right thing to do, to use a curse word behind God's name, but I'm, I'm saying obviously God would forgive that. So there's got to be more to this verse than meets the eye. Why will God not forgive the person who takes his name in vain? The, the, the better way to understand it is like this. You shall not carry the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that carries his name in vain. You see, as a Christian, we carry the name of God everywhere we go. We carry the name in our thoughts, in our actions, in our words, the things that we do, the things that we don't do, the things that we allow, the things that we allow in church. We as Christians are carrying 
God's name everywhere we go. You see, when you carry God's name into pagan practices, you're taking God's name in vain. When we carry pagan practices and bring them into the temple of God and say, God, you, I know you accept this. I know this, you know, I've sort of had my doubts about it, but, but we're carrying this pagan practice like Halloween and we're placing it on the altar on the temple of God. You've taken God's name in vain when you do that. And just like the temple prostitutes that were there, as you walked up to the temple, you could, you could have sex with a male or female prostitute, and it was part of the worship of God. They were taking, they were carrying, carrying God's name in vain, you see. Now, the reason God will not forgive this is very simplistic. Here it is, because you know better. Don't, don't, don't. Listen, don't kid yourself in thinking you don't know better. Don't, don't kid yourself in thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, I think, I, think, I think Halloween is a good thing to have in church. Do not kid you. Give yourself credit where credit is due. You're not that ignorant, okay? You're not, I'm telling you, you're not that ignorant. So when I see these churches trying desperately to carry Halloween into the churches, I realize they're carrying a pagan practice into the temple of God, and they have taken God's name. They have carried God's name in vain. Now the simple question is this. Do you want to be forgiven? Do you want to be forgiven? You can be forgiven. How can you be forgiven? Stop it. That's, it's just that simple. Stop it. And I'm talking to preachers too that, that have allowed this into the church. You want to be forgiven of carrying God's name vainly into your church? Stop it. That's how you can be forgiven. Stop it. Now, why do preachers allow this? Why do preachers allow this? Why, why would they even allow this into the church? What you've got to understand is this. The preachers, for the most part, are just fulfilling a biblical prophecy. They are just fulfilling a biblical prophecy. And it's Isaiah 30 in verse 9. It says that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord. Which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, yeah, to the preachers, prophesy not unto us right things. Notice they're saying this to the preachers. Don't, don't, don't preach to us right things. Speak to us smooth things. Prophesy deceit. In other words, prophesy lies. You know, this is amazing that people, you know, don't, don't, don't tell us about the law of God. Don't tell us right and wrong. You know, just, just speak to us lies. Speak smooth things. Speak things that are easy for us to hear. You know, we want to be a part of the culture anyway, so why don't we just go along with it, you see? Prophesy, preach lies to us. Don't, don't tell us anything that, that's going to make me uncomfortable, okay? And the preachers give the people exactly what they want. You see, there's two things you got to have to build a church. And most churches are about building a congregation, which means more people and it means more money, you see. Nobody wants to have a church of 15 people or anything like that, you know. But I mean, it's because it's just, it's almost like an insult. We're not successful because we don't have more people. And there's a way... You've, there's, there's a, there's a, you've got to gravitate toward a certain area to get people to come to your church. Now, there's two things you've got to do to get people to come to your church. You've got to appease your congregation. That's one. You've got to tell them what they want to hear. 
you know, they're heaven bound, they're saved, they're sanctified, and they're, and they're heaven bound, whatever. You, you know, just, just, just convince them that no matter how they live their life, they're on their way to heaven. Okay. Whether they've been baptized or not, whether they receive the Spirit of God or not, whether they're living their life right or not, whether they're, you know, no matter, living in sin, whatever, you, you appease your congregation and you encourage them every weekend. Okay, that's, that's the first thing you've got to do to build and maintain a church. The second thing you've got to do is incorporate the culture into your church. And I'm telling you, the culture has already been incorporated into the churches. We don't have to do it. It's already been done. The people are so enmeshed in the culture that if you took away that, they would die and blow away. There'd be nothing left of them. Nothing left. Okay? That's how enmeshed people are in their culture. It is so, it's like peer pressure, you know? I've got to fit in. I've got to do what everybody else is doing. I can't stand out like a sore thumb. I just got to be a part of what everybody else is doing because it feels so good, you know, whatever. A friend of mine was telling me about Liberty University. They have a, something called Scaremare, Halloween. Okay, about 100,000 people come through this thing every Halloween. And they may not have all the paraphernalia of normal Halloween stuff, but they do have some scary stuff you walk through, like maybe an operating room and, and, and some blood and what if your parents got killed and this, that, and other thing. At the, and at the end of it, they have uh, preachers uh, preaching, supposedly preaching the gospel, trying to get these kids saved. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, it's amazing that people feel like they got to jump, that they've got to take a pagan holiday that everybody knows is not about God and, and, and incorporate it and, and use that pagan holiday to preach the gospel. Why would anybody feel they got to jump through those kinds of hoops in order to preach the gospel? Why don't people just blow the dust off their Bible and read, these are the feast days of Jehovah, holy convocations which you shall proclaim during their season. Yeah, I'm not talking about our pagan holidays. I'm talking about God's holy days, okay? But people won't do that. They just dismiss it as, oh, that's Jewish. Now, does the Bible speak of people flippantly putting things into the church that don't belong there? Yes, he does. Leviticus 10 and verse 1. And the sons of Aaron took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not to do. Now, originally, the fire that, that God wanted offered came from him. He was the one that lit the match. But these people, the sons of Aaron, the two sons of Aaron, offered, built their own kind of fire and off, went into the temple and offered strange fire. And Leviticus 10 and verse 2 says, And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Yeah, they were burnt to a crisp for offering strange fire upon the altar. Now, these two sons had decided to get involved in some innovative worship at the tabernacle. They said, you know, this would be a great idea. I think I, let's try this. Let's try this, you know. And it's sort of like, you know, well, this would be a great idea if we put Halloween into the temple of God. You know, let's, let's carry Halloween into the church. And you see, Aaron's two sons got too close to the power of God. I mean, it's like walking into, you know, a high-powered 
line of 10,000 10, volts. You don't want to get close to that. You don't want to touch it. and put, You don't want to go flippantly in doing things that God does not approve of. It. How is it that the church is not revered today? That there's no respect for the temple? People can come up with the most asinine assumptions. Well, I think, you know, I, you know, I really believe that, it, that if we get the kids off the street, we just need to put Halloween into the church. That's what I think. How do people come up with this stuff? How? How do they come up with this? So what is my point? My point is Jesus Christ hates Halloween, and he really hates Halloween in the temple of God. So what am I saying? I'm saying choose you this day who you will serve. Joshua 24 and verse 21, And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. May God give you the strength to pull up your pants and serve the living God. I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program, this program has been paid for by the tithes and offerings of the Church of God Rocky Mount and friends of this ministry. If you have been challenged by listening to this program, then consider that a great blessing. You can visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net. It is the support of people like you that make this ministry possible. If you have been blessed by this understanding given to you today, then consider making a donation by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount. 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. If you would like more information or if you have any questions, write to Is That Really in the Bible? 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151 or visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net.